I don't need help. I'm not in an abusive relationship. This is just how it is for us. It's a lie we tell ourselves, one that many in abusive relationships repeat until they believe it. But there's hope. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship, a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence. This show is about hope. You will hear from survivors of abuse, and their stories may sound familiar. They may even inspire hope. Our goal is to connect with others in these toxic relationships to offer that hope, and with supporters of our mission, anyone willing to help get rid of abuse in our culture. We also talk with the experts in the field, from the officers on the front lines of domestic abuse calls to the therapists and advocates helping survivors navigate this complicated road of recovery. If you're in need of help, please visit our website or call our 24-7 hotline, 800-828-2023. And if this is an emergency and you need help immediately, please call 911. Welcome to I'm Not In An Abusive Relationship with your host, Claudia Pauls. Thank you for joining us once again. We are still in our separate um, houses and recording today. Um, So we do appreciate um, Dan, Dan Moyle, who puts us all together. And he also in a separate place has got his magic working today. So we thank you for joining us again. Um, We're going to talk with Deborah Hackworth and Elizabeth Alderson about some intervention programs for domestic violence and there are specific programs that DASIS and other organizations of course but DASIS has in place if you are considering whether or not you're in an abusive relationship or if you um, are looking at how can you intervene or how can things um, happen that are going to put you in a safer place there are intervention programs in place and um, we're going to let you know what some of those are today. So I don't know, Deborah or Elizabeth from your personal basement, (laughs) if you'd like to start letting us know what some of these could be. Okay, well, I am a firm believer that we cannot end domestic violence without treating um, the perpetrators of domestic violence there. We can help as many uh, victims free themselves from the violence, but what happens if the perpetrator doesn't get help, they just go and create other victims, other survivors that will need our help. And so um, you have to um, treat the source Mm -hmm. of the problem. And one way of doing that is for batterers to be involved in a battering intervention program. And, a lot of those are based upon the Duluth model, which um, was formed in, um, where is Duluth? Minnesota. I, there you go, Minnesota. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and they've done um, groundbreaking work on um, battering intervention and domestic violence as a whole. And so um, I am privileged to have the honor for the past, oh wow, six or seven years to go to the Battering Intervention Conference um, here in Michigan and to be able to hear about these programs and learn about the interventions that's um, working not only in the state of Michigan, but all around the world. So how do you reach out or, or how do you um, invite batterers to consider coming into these programs? 
Well, um, unfortunately, most of the time when um, batterers are introduced to this program, it isn't because they have voluntarily said that, hey, I need help. It'd be great. If right. The way that it happens, but usually they're court ordered. It's mm-hmm. someone who has um, committed domestic violence against a partner. Usually they're in the courts more than once for this issue. And the courts have tried other things. The courts have tried anger management with this person, but those of us who work in the movement know that battering isn't about anger management. It's about power and control. And so the battering um, intervention programs specialize in domestic family violence intervention and the prevention of battering behaviors used to gain power and control within a relationship, marriage, or family. And so um, when a batterer is, um, is court ordered to go to this program and this isn't um you go to two classes and you're done it's a Mm -hmm. 26 week program and so it usually lasts about a year good gives you some time to 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 internalize what you're hearing because it's going to take hearing it more than once so stretching that out that's a great idea yes absolutely um liz have you worked with any um or heard of any um, batteries who've gone through this program also? Um, I know I've had a lot of survivors that their partners were like court ordered to. Um, Sometimes it's, um, you know, for this person to return home, you know, so so the family wants to continue, you know, working on their family as a, as a group and they've all recognized that one of those adults in the family has an issue that really needs to be worked on um, and, and so that person kind of admits that and then typically through the courts however I have seen some people voluntarily ask for it um, and so then they kind of they start this program and what's I think the most important part about knowing about these programs is when we talk about the Duluth model, that that's the exact same thing that we use when we teach survivors what is domestic violence. So they're using the exact same material. It's just when we use it with survivors, we're saying these, this is how an abuser uses these tactics to gain power and control. It's that power and control wheel we always talk about. That's the Duluth model. And so they're taking that exact same thing and they're spinning it and they're saying, these are the ways that you have taken power and control over other people. So why are you doing this? You know, and they're really getting at the root of, you know, what happened? You, none of us woke up, you know, this morning and did a brand new behavior that we haven't been programmed to do before, right? We've even jumping on the computers that we did today and using this programming system. We've either all done it before or we all tried it last night if it was the first time to kind of figure out how to set it up and plug it in, you know? We, this wasn't our first rodeo of using a computer. And so it's the same thing. So this, you've used a tactic of power and control for days, weeks, months, and years. So what's the root of it? Why did this happen? And that's, that's why the, the, the program takes a year because it's not just like, okay, these are the bad things you've been doing. Shame on you. Don't do them again. Because shame right. is to stop a behavior. Right. So they're looking at the, at the values and the belief systems 
that each of us have as individuals. You know, what at the root, why are these behaviors happening? And figuring that out is, is a big component for it, you know. And so the facilitators and counselors who do this Duluth curriculum and who do batter's intervention, they are trained, you know, they are, you know, the training um, that Deb goes to every year, you know, the people that attend it with her are the same people, you know, pretty often every year. And so it's these people that are, have invested, this is their career choice. They're here mm -hmm. alongside programs like DASIS to say, we agree, like we want to end this issue. And we know that if a survivor leaves and it's now safe, if we haven't worked with that perpetrator, that perpetrator is going to find a new victim because that's their mentality. So if we do both, it's not a, it's not a but or a either or thing. If we, if we t attack this issue at both ends, right. Then together. And so it's, but this is how they devoted their work, you know, cause a lot of times I think people think of people running batteries intervention programs is just Joe Schmoes off the street are doing this thing mm -hmm. for their friends. And it's not, it's a, it's a real program. It's a real curriculum. They're, you know, they've got certificates and in some states there's like a license behind it and stuff. But like this is, it's, it's real serious work. It's not just like a, an on, online, you know, one day credit a class that somebody took and then now they lead a group. It's a real thing. And they're going to follow up with, with the, the people in the class as well as those who are, are continuing to teach and work and, and create these programs. Mm -hmm. Well, obviously, Absolutely. they want them to work. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, and um, the program is effective because it's based on dynamics of peer accountability mm -hmm. and a methodology that's been successful and employed for over 20 years. And so what they teach in the class, um, I'll just go over a few topics that they cover. Not all of them because there's 26 of them. I don't know, <laughs> but they talk about non-violence um, and non-threatening behavior. They cover respect, support and trust, honesty and accountability. So no longer putting the blame on the victim for their behaviors as to why um, you responded in this manner. Um, sexual respect partnership and negotiation and fairness. And so um, there's this one um, um, battering intervention program in um, Atlanta. And if I ever get a chance to go down there, I'm going to audit their class. Because first of all, it's their classes are not closed to the public. They make them um, open to the public because that's, again, about accountability. We're not hiding batterers. We want their um, information to be out there so that people know these are the people who are committing these crimes and we can hold them accountable. Wow. But also, when um, Liz was talking about the training that they go through, each person who facilitates um, battering intervention also has to go through the program before they're ever able to facilitate the program. And so, um, man, I can't think of his name, but he was so wonderful. He said the, um, one of the first questions they asked him in the program was, what's the worst thing you've ever done to a woman? Wow. 
And he had to answer that in front of other batterers because they go through the program with the batterers Mm -hmm. and they really have to do a lot of self-examination and change their thought process about relationships and their mindset. Because if you're just going through the motions and facilitating this, but you have some thoughts that aren't healthy about a relationship that you haven't checked, how effective can you really be in teaching someone else? And so, uh, yeah, Atlanta, here I come. I am, <laughs> I, am, <laughs> I am going down there. I think it is so good. And also with going to these conferences, it has helped me see batterers in a different way which I think has made um, us more effective in the way that we even are able to um, work with the survivors that we work with, knowing the, um, the thought process and the dynamics of batterers helped me to help um, victims mm-hmm. in what they're going through. And so, um, yeah, I, I get excited when I talk about battering intervention because that's really ending domestic violence. Absolutely. Absolutely. If so, how many folks would you say come through this different than when they went in and, and obviously being court appointed to a class is like, well, I don't want to do this. So you've got to get over that hump first, but Mm -hmm. Um, since it's been going on this long, I would say they've got some good statistics as to success rates and all of that. Yes, they do. And the key to success is um, the changing of the mindset of the Mm -hmm. person who's going through the relationship. And a lot of um, intervention programs, what they do is they not only work with um, the batterer, but they have um, partners on or counterparts also working with the survivor mm-hmm. and there's that accountability of checking in if that couple is still together about what's excuse me what's changing in the relationship um, and so they can see the totality of the picture and so um, there are those who go back because their mindset hasn't been changed and they continue that same behavior but there are uh, many many um, who um, go through the program and say you know what I was wrong I didn't I didn't I never had the right Mm -hmm. to do what I did because giving up the right abuse is where um, it is where it is and so um, there's been many people. I don't have the numbers in front of me mm-hmm. um, to tell you what the statistics are, but it's a successful program. Well, and just like a program like AA, I mean, it works. And there are lots of of uh, help and, and continued support that goes along with programs like that um, to ensure that, you know, really changing your life is very possible. And yes. lots of benefits happen when you can do it. Absolutely. The, um, the CDC did a lot of, there's so much research in this area too, because again, it, it is like a real thing that people are doing. Mm-hmm. And Absolutely. So this, this Duluth model uses cognitive behavioral therapy as the approach, and that's that thought changing. That's why they use the Duluth model. These are the things you did. Why'd you do it? 
what was the hope that you were trying to get out of it? Because it's all you centered. You know, these are choices mm-hmm. they were making. Mm-hmm. And then, and that's, we use that in every day, you know, almost all therapists use a form of cognitive behavioral therapy. It's that changing our thought processes then changes our behaviors. And so there's a lot of good research out there. And the CDC has done some research um, throughout the probably at least 50 years that this has been going on because I know they started in the 1970s with the Duluth model of better intervention stuff. Um, but in early 2004, they published some numbers about the like of the people who completed the program because that's the thing, right? We can't mm-hmm. look at people who started the program, but who actually completed the batter's intervention program that they did. Um, they found that like 20% of the people re-assaulted which means that 80%, you know, did not. That's huge. Yeah. And then they, they went into more in depth about, well, if they only completed a few months of it, they found that more, you know, assaulted than the 20%, but that there was still a reduction of like 50% of -hmm. the different abuse. And so that there is some really good, valid, you know, documentation out there. I mean, the CDC is a huge studier of interpersonal violence. You know, what we call domestic violence is really intimate partner violence. Um, And they, you know, they're one of the leading researchers in that area. And so, of course, they're looking at the other side of it, too, and seeing that, you know, there is, there is a good program out there and it does work. So what's the part that helps, you know? Um, Yeah, so there was a 30-month trial and that was the 20% reassaulted and then they did a 48 month trial which you know it's huge and then only 10 percent of those reassaulted so those are very good statistics yeah and yeah. i would say it's probably the same when we look at like you said like the aa programs and stuff when it's continuing the program mm-hmm. because i see the effects that this is having on my life that I do want to change because that's that piece, right? You can order anybody into anything. You can order me to Weight Watchers until my mind changes, until my mm-hmm. heart changes. That program is not going to be effective. And so right. it's, it's that accountability on the person when they choose to change and then they they just, just change it in that mindset of sitting here and saying, ah, oh, this is worth, this is worthless. I don't want to do this. I'm going to sit here and check boxes to like, oh, maybe this is something I should look into because I care about X, Y, or Z or whatever. And then that change happens that there can be growth. Mm -hmm. Well, and interventions happen every day. I mean, really, everyday life has has thousands of interventions. If you just look at, you know, little kids when they come to kindergarten, if they don't go to kindergarten, they can still look at the book, but they don't know what it's saying. So your intervention is we're going to learn what the letters sound like and put them together and whatever it is that you're doing. So once that, that intervention happens or you get headed to a different course, then you have all kinds of chances to, to improve, to have good lives, to do all kinds of things that, that maybe were not possible before. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and so I want to, um, just give some, um, some resources if someone is looking for um, a battering intervention program they can go to um, biscme b-i-s-c-m-i dot org 
which stands for um, Battering Intervention Services Coalition um, of Michigan. And they can go on there, find out resources, find um, what um, intervention programs are available. Um, they are a great organization. They partner with um, the Domestic uh, Violence Coalition here in Michigan. Um, David Garvin, Jeffrey Cape, um, they are, they've been in this field for years. They're leaders in this field. Um, they bring in um, programs from all over the world at the conferences to um, educate and inform um, people here in the state of Michigan and all over the U.S. about what's working um, in this field. And so, um, great source of information and, um, and help. And I would think this whole idea of, of intervention programs would lend some hope to, to uh, victims who are listening. It's like, well, even if I leave, nothing's going to change. Nothing will be different. Why would I bother? Just deal with what I'm dealing with. But, but realizing that coming out on the other end, not only um, are there services to help victims and, and children, but also the batterer. It's not just, I mean, we don't leave them out there either. So um, realizing that whole program can really change your life. So please reach out. Um, our 800 number, ADASIS, is 800-828-2023. Uh, and we're always available online at dasasmi.org. Anytime. Thank you. Thank you for listening to I'm Not In an Abusive Relationship. If these stories resonate with you and you need help, please visit our website, dasasmi.org. That's dasismi.org or call our hotline at 800-828-2023. We are here to walk alongside you. Now, if you know someone who might benefit from our show, please share it. Social media, email, simply telling someone about it all help us spread the word and help us to combat domestic and sexual violence. We also welcome financial and volunteer support. That information is on our website. Thank you to the staff volunteers, and board of directors at Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services. This podcast is produced with the help of a committee of dedicated advocates. Thank you to WBET Radio in Sturgis, Michigan for the use of their studio. This has been a podcast about surviving domestic and sexual violence and a production of Domestic and Sexual Abuse Services of Michigan. <laughs>